Welcome back to How You Slice It. Uh, Harbor House of Pizza has been in business for 41 years. And Manny, you're going to have to help me. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little challenge in kindergarten. <laughs> it's Papantanakis. So Papantanakis is the last name. What's the name of the town your shop is in? So we are in Situate, Massachusetts. Situate, Massachusetts. Great. And Harbor House of Pizza stands as a testament to the enduring power of a family-run business. Manny and his brother, son, and father all work together three generations uh, to share the highest quality pizzas with the locals. Their commitment to authenticity and passion for delivering exceptional food has solidified their reputation as a beloved institution in the area and the neighborhood. And today we'll discuss how community plays an important role in the success of a business like Harbor House of Pizza and why staying on top of industry trends matters. Uh, welcome to How You Slice It, Manny. I'm excited to have this conversation, uh, but perhaps start off by telling folks uh, a little bit about yourself. Alir, thank you uh, for having me on today. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I just want to say that all of your staff that I interact with, some daily, some that I've just met, they're all awesome. Um, so, you know, good job to you and good job to your whole staff. Thank you. So you wanted to know our, our story? Um, yeah. yeah, a little bit about you and how, how, you, how you ended up in, uh, in the pizza industry. So here it goes. So about, I started with my father about 41 years ago in Situate Harbor. Uh, my father was looking for a place to go that was safe and where he could grow in a community. So his brother came in on it as well, and the two of them started up in Situate Harbor. My brothers, my cousins and I, we kind of grew up in it. It was, it was just like playing at dad's shop or your uncle's shop. And over the years, we got to, we, we kind of grew up in it. We grew up in the city in Boston. That's where we were born and raised. But at the same time, we'd grow up in Situate on the weekends, helping out our dad and our uncle and summer vacations, working at the shop and whatnot. And then fast forward, we got older. And as we got older, uh, we all made different decisions. Some of us became engineers. Some of us became attorneys. Some of us got into different things. I had even opened up a second, another shop in, in, uh, in another South Shore town. And then, yeah, it was around 2012, 2013 that my dad and my uncle wanted to retire. And that's really the shop that ultimately I really wanted. And I knew it and I really wanted it. So I had a, a, a serious conversation with my brother and my brother and I said, all right, then let's do it. And that's what we did. We, we bought out our dad and our uncle, and we took it over, and we are where we are today. Uh, they've We've grown. We took a lot of the things that we knew that we could change, and we did them. Uh, and with hard work, with some risk-taking, with some, I guess, feedback from the clientele and, and different things like that, we, we, we tinkered with it until we got it where we are today. And I'd say that's kind of in a nutshell how we are where we are today. That's, uh, that's awesome. And, and we'll get into some of those details, hopefully. But what was it like buying a business from your father? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that was pretty cool, you know, because it's, um, they were letting go of the reins. I'd say in the beginning, they almost didn't know how to at the same time. First year was a little, had its bumps and bruises in a sense of my dad still wanted to do our paperwork or, or, or things like that. And I'm like, well, you know, no, dad, you, you can't be the boss anymore. You know, you, you just gotta, 
but so it was it was it, it was fun it was our, our dad's awesome in the sense that he comes in he still comes in eight hours a week he comes in a couple of days a week and he helps us with various different tasks it gives him an opportunity to hang out with my brother and i and my son and one of our cousins works there as well so he he comes in there he hangs out it it, it gives him purpose isn't the word camaraderie I, I, you know what i mean like he, he still wants to feel like he's a part of something and he spends time with his boys and and he he still runs into some of the customers that he knew for 40 plus years so i'd say it's it's pretty neat a sense of community it's like a social yes. place right it's a it's it's where people come together yes 100% 100% um so you take over this shop uh i think it was about 11 years ago yeah. and i have to imagine there were some things that you would never want to change and then yes. there were some things that you wanted to evolve and perhaps progress given yes. how the industry has changed. What are, what are some of the, what are like the one, two or three biggest changes that you've made that you've seen result in like outsized returns? We were pretty basic is what we were. We were, we kept the fundamentals of continuously doing everything from scratch. We are a scratch kitchen. So that stuff we never wanted to change. But we wanted to bring in some of the newer things or that people are eating. People are more conscious about what they're putting in their bodies today than they were a decade ago, let alone anything longer than that. So mm -hmm. these are things that we wanted to bring in. And it comes with trial and error. You have to figure out what works for your specific shop. Just because something is health conscious, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for your demographic. So I'd say it took a little bit to really key in on what those things were. And then we got that right. And I think that was one aspect. The other aspect was, is that we we were nowhere as far as technology went. Uh, I remember mm -hmm. every single order, we, we used to know every single pricing of every single item on a very basic cash register. And you would have to, I remember if, if one of my employees was on the cash register, I could be making pizzas in the back and I'm screaming numbers at them because that's how we were. That we, we knew every single menu item and every single cost on the top of our head. And so I think that integrating technology was a big deal. Uh, integrating by accepting credit cards, integrating by putting in a computer system, integrating by being on the Slice platform. These are all the things that we added that got us more in the times of where we are today. So between changing up our menu with what worked for the specific community that we are in and using technology to help us uh, be more accurate, uh, there were times when, you know, it, it, say someone took an order, but their shift was ending. The new shift comes in. They don't even, they can't even read the writing of what the last shift was writing. And that last shift is probably driving down the highway right now. So you know, there were times when someone was trying to call somebody on their cell phone, like, what did you mean when you wrote B circled, you know? So we use technology now to eliminate all that stuff. It, it, it's, we move a lot faster because we're a lot more accurate. Yeah. And, and you have, uh, you know, I speak about this often, you also then have this direct connection to the customer through digital channels, right? You don't have yes. to mail them menus. You can, no. you know, obviously Slice helps with this, but we can do push notifications and emails and reminders. Yes. You get feedback loops. Um, it, it's more like get, you're, you're providing yourself insights and data so that you can make better decisions. And sort of it's this nice flywheel of, of information. 
Yeah, 100%. Sometimes if I'm curious, I'm on the owner's portal and I'm looking at various different things. Uh, I'm a numbers guy, so I I tend to really dissect my owner's portal a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it helps me really key in on what we have to focus, what we need to push, what you know, where we are as far as timing, where we are as far as what's moving, what's not moving, uh, how, how's the menu looking. So I use the owner's portal a lot. It's kind of my way of how I stay on top of things. But yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. It's it's the way that it's become, you're more in touch with the customer now than you ever were. Yeah, without a doubt, you know who they are, you know who's who the loyal customers are, who, who's ordering for the first time. Yes. And and how they evolve in terms of like what channels they use to order. So it's all very, very important. In terms of the pizza shop and the role that it plays in the community, talk to me a little bit more about what Harbor House does and, and what it represents for the community that you uh, that you exist in. Okay. I, I, I strongly think believe that we are a fabric of the community. We've been there for 41 years. So we have a lot of customers where their grandparents, their parents, and now the kids. When you think of pizza places in Situate, I think we're an automatic at this point. We're an automatic. Some pe- I'll have customers that'll come in and they'll say, oh, I was at such and such event yesterday and I just, I grabbed a slice. I knew immediately it was Harbor House. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's things like that. We're very involved in all community things. We... We're always trying to give back to the community, uh, various different things from police, fire, situ public school things, anything that comes in as far as, you know, can you donate this, donate that? I believe we give what we can to everybody. We don't we don't turn people away. And I think that that makes us a very big fabric of the community that we serve. We, I have this thing where I say to my staff all the time, and my brother, he's more camera shy than I am. That's why I'm the one who's, who does this. <laughs> you know, we each have our thing, you know, he's more, you know, he's, he, he's, 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 a, he's a type of guy that's very good with the pencil as far as staffing goes, you know, he, kudos to him, he can do it. I, I'm, that's not my strong point, but um, he really drilled to our staff, hey, listen, Every order that leaves this shop, you have to believe in yourself that it, you're feeding your family, you're feeding your mom, your dad, your grandma, your son, your daughter, your whatever. Like, that's what we want. If something, if we made a mistake, don't just say, ah, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. Toss it. I don't care. That five, six, seven, ten dollars that I'm going to lose if we throw out that item, we do not care. I want every single order that's going out to be exactly what the customer wanted, exactly how they expected it to be. And that's what we try and preach every single day. We preach that, treat it as if your own family's eating it all the time. That's it. And it's pretty basic. It, it doesn't, don't just say, oh, what? Oh, I, I forgot to put the extra cheese, or I forgot to uh, go light on the mayo, or I forgot. No, just do it. It doesn't matter. Throw it out. If it's not, if it's not what it's supposed to be, just throw it out. Well, it's fine. I'd rather the customer know that we care versus somebody saying, you know what, they're just throwing things together and and, and not come back. That, so that's our motto. That's what we try and push. And I, I love that. I, um, I've been diving deep into how successful businesses continue to scale, continue to stay successful and, and the opposite, like what makes unsuccessful businesses, including, you know, pizza shops. And something has been really sort of popping up consistently and businesses fail 
not because they failed to do something new or innovative. They failed because they couldn't avoid mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so most businesses fail from like suicide than they mm-hmm. do because somebody else killed them. Yes. And so I think the message is control the things you can control mm-hmm. and try and limit mistakes Agreed. Uh, in reference to the consumer. So the less mistakes you make with the customer and mistakes are, I mean, we see it threefold. One is, did you send the wrong item? That's mm-hmm. a mistake. Two is, were you late on your delivery? Mm-hmm. By the way, with deliveries or even pickups, we, we see that customers actually have a lot of tolerance for time. Yes. They just they just want accuracy. Yes, like, 100%. They don't yeah. care. If, they, if you tell them that they have to wait, every once in a great while, you might have somebody say to you, I, I can't wait, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, I'm, And that's okay. You know why? Because you're not, you're being truthful with them that this is what our kitchen time is at the moment. Exactly. That's the wait time. It is what it is. But 9.9% out of the time, if you tell somebody it's going to be 30 minutes or it's going to be 60 minutes, whatever your kitchen time is, they say, okay, no problem. It is what it is because they want the product. Now, if you quote somebody 30 minutes and now it's been 40, well, now now they start getting agitated because they may have other plans that you are very unaware of. You have no idea. They may be picking their son or daughter up from softball, baseball, soccer, whatever they may be, they may have to go grab, you know, their their mom from such and such. You have no idea what their situation is. So I believe that when you give a quote time, deliver by the quote time. And as long as you're able to deliver by the quote, when I mean deliver, I don't just mean deliveries. I mean, even pickups, just deliver by your quote time. I think your customer base is perfectly happy. That's all they want. They don't care if they have to wait as long as you're truthful with them. But if you're telling them one thing and you're doing the opposite, that's when you're gonna get disgruntled and agitated customers. That's how I feel. Couldn't agree more and I promise you, we manage millions and millions of orders. It, yeah. is, it is a fact, that is, that is how the data presents itself. And so mistakes to avoid, don't send the wrong item, set the right expectations on delivery or pickup times, mm-hmm. even if it's longer, you're better off being truthful and yeah. setting the right expectation than setting the wrong expectation and failing to deliver. And then the third one was, you know, the item that you made wasn't a high quality item. Mm-hmm. So to your point, like if it's being rushed or the extra cheese is not on there, that usually tends to be um, a reason for why customers churn. Yes. And the job for any business is to just not churn customers, not, you know, to, to drive retention, repeat orders. So that's the second part is too many pizzerias are always focused on new customers. How do I get new customers, new customers, new customers? And my message to everybody is focus on how you get more value from your existing customers. How do you get your existing customers to order a little bit more frequently? If they're ordering once every two weeks, what can you do to get them to order weekly? And when they order, how can you have them order at least one extra item? So higher average order value and higher frequency from your customers that know and love you is the best way to grow the business. And again, in order to do that, you have to eliminate mistakes. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe the same way. My motto, look, there are some people that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you sit outside, you stand on your head and you start twisting around like a clown. They're not coming coming to you, not because 
Not because there's they just they, maybe they've always gone to the guy down the street because their parents always went to the guy down the street. Maybe maybe it's just they don't they don't want to take the left and come in your direction because they they always go right. Whatever it could be the most silliest thing, but regardless, there's some customers. It doesn't matter what you do, you can't win them. It's nothing personal. You just can't. And they may turn around, and those same customers may turn around and be like, "Oh yeah, I heard so and so." who owns such and such, it's a great guy, you know, and they've never been in your shop, but they've heard that you're, you're great people. So that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. And you, when you see those people, I see plenty of people cause I'm in the Harbor. I see people that walk by or whatnot. They're not my customer base. I always say, hello, how are you? How's it going? I smile. I wave, whatever your customer base. That's who you have to grow and work with. If you are consistent, if the customer knows that every time I go to so and so shop and I get the chicken parm, it is always XYZ. When I go and I get the chicken Alfredo, it's always XYZ. The cheese pizza is this, that. That's what you want. If you're consistent and your base is always satisfied because of the consistency, good product that you put out, you can grow your sales with those people. That is the biggest thing that I try and preach all the time to my staff. Don't worry about, you know, getting the guy down the street who's never going to come here. You're not going to win him over because for X, Y, and Z, and this person might think you're the best guy in the world. It's simply because we're, we're creatures of habit. They, they do right. think, I have customers that come into my shop. They say to me, how long have you been here? And I say, 41 years. They say, wow. I've never been in here or whatever the case may be. And you're looking at them and you're like, okay. And you just laugh. It's, it's normal. It, it, it is what it is. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It is very normal. Yeah. And look, uh, there's always going to be a portion of new customers that show up. Of course. That's the, that's the small part of growth. The biggest opportunity for growth is the existing customers. So it's, you know, that, that's sort of the ratio that I see. I agree, 100%, 110%. You mentioned earlier about sort of the evolution of uh, the consumer's taste and consumers looking for healthy options. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a bit more about what you've been able to do and how often do you like revisit your menu to see whether you should continue to carry a product or, or introduce a new product? So what we do is we tend to follow the trends of what's going on. Um, various magazines, various, uh, I mean, we're consumers ourselves, right? I, I mm -hmm. mean, when you're not at work, I'm a consumer. I visit other shops or whatever, because I, I mean, I'm a husband, I have three children. So sometimes if I'm picking my daughter up from softball or my son up from baseball or the other one from swim or whatever, dad, I'm hungry. All right. Well, we are where we are. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're working with what we got. And so yep. sometimes I go into other places and I see things and I'm like, hmm, okay. And, and, and then I, it starts twisting in my mind and then I, I take a look at it and I discuss it with my brother and then we'll, you know, we'll see if we want to introduce it. We'll introduce it. If it works, then we'll stick with it and push it. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we drop it. Um, I'd say that we review things. I'd say about every every six months or so, eight months or so, we kind of take a look at new new options. Um, we try not to throw too much because you also don't want to throw your kitchen up and around. Our uh, we we have our kitchen set up, 
so that it can push out the volume that we have at the moment. We really expanded our salad menu. We really expanded our our wrap menu. Uh, and I'd say that that's what really works for our shop. We tried bowls. It wasn't really a big thing for our shop. We have some healthier option pizzas that worked for our shop. We did try like various different like egg things and one they it didn't work for our shop. So we haven't mm-hmm. narrowed down to the healthy options that work for our shop. So I, I would say that it's almost like a trial and error because you have to see what works for your customer base. Just because something works for my customer base, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for your customer base. And I'd say that that's, that's pretty much how we go about it. I, I love that you keep saying it worked for our, our shop because yeah. that, that tells me you're a data person. Like you, you understand that how the consumer behaves around your shop may be very different than how they behave around a different shop. Because yeah. too often I hear people say, hey, like you need to go and do this because that's what works for me. And I think to your point, uh, every location is different and every, um, every experience is different. So I love that it's, um, you know, it's sort of a reflection of your shop. And uh, speaking of your shop, congratulations on the Keep Local Thriving Award. Thank you. I know Thank you, you. Uh, you met Emma. Yes, yes, yes. What is uh what what did that mean to you and and your staff? I think that's uh that's a very cool thing. Okay, so I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. I had <laughs> no idea when they were calling me that they wanted to give me that they wanted to give us that award, and I'm like, okay, I was a little bit like, what is this about? So so long story short, Emma comes here, and then Emma <laughs> explains the award. I'm like, I had no idea that we were that successful on <laughs> slice, and she's like, yeah kind of a big deal. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. So, so yeah, it was, a, that was, that was pretty cool. That was, that was, and she was very, 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 very nice by the way. Yeah. That was, that was, that was really cool. It's a huge deal. And it's uh it's not just about slice. It's actually, so we have access to all this data, all this information. And, you know, we work with close to 20,000 shops around the country and each one is unique in its own way. And yeah, you happen to be in, in the top echelon of, not only how you perform on Slice, but it's pretty clear that your consistency and you know the decades of work that have gone into to building that local brand means a lot to that community. So we see data around customer satisfaction and you know how often are orders successful. We have the sort of order success rate. Yeah. Um, so it's really like a reflection of the quality of your business, and um, you know I'm I'm really excited about what that award means to folks because for the most part, are performing a relatively thankless job, right? Like you're in your shop, it's a small shop, it's a small business, and awards are sometimes held for like these larger companies. Yeah. And I actually think it should be the opposite because in your neighborhood, there's nothing larger, nothing stronger, nothing more more impactful than your shop. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, so congrats. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was really, uh, we, we were really taken aback. We had no idea. We were like, wow, thank <laughs> you. That, 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 that means that, you know, our, our, our hard work is, is it's paying off. Exactly. And I'd say that that's another thing that I would say to somebody when people say, you know, what, what's, what's the seat, what's this, what's that? There's no secret sauce. There's no secret sauce. I do believe that you have, you, you have to put the hours in. I'll say that you can't just expect your business to just operate because they don't, or if they do, I haven't been able to find that way. And 
you have to put in the work and you have to have everyone buy in. And when I mean everyone buy in, I mean your whole staff has to buy in. That's right. And I have to say that kudos to our to our staff because we have an amazing group of people there that work hard and you know, we laugh, we joke, we tease each other, but we are also everyone's like biggest fan. You know, I see these guys or gals whatever outside of work, you know, they're playing basketball together. Uh, they're going to movies together. And when I see that, I don't say anything. But I, in my, Because I don't want to jinx anything. But yeah. in my head, I say to myself, okay, what we got going on is working. Like, they get along with each other. They all like each other. And I think that's key. And they're, they all bought in. And, and I think they're great people. And we, we wouldn't be able to have our successes that we're having if it wasn't for our staff. I, I love that. And, um, you know, sort of the last part I'm going to ask you about, and this is a little bit slice related, you're one of the early adopters of the slice register. And um, one, I want to thank you because I know you're working with our team to continue to improve it. But on on um, on the Harbor House side, walk us through what the register has helped you um, and your staff either achieve or, or alleviate in terms of workflow. It's just, e- it's just easy to really put everything into perspective. I think that it's just, you're just able to categorize everything in, in, in how the kitchen flows. I would say that that's the biggest thing. It's, it's how your kitchen is flowing. I think that you just have to put your kitchen in a position where it flows. And if you do that and you focus on what's going on with your clientele and who your customer base is, I think that to me is the recipe to success. And that's that's what we do. There's no secret sauce. We just literally put form our kitchen where it works best, where as the orders are coming in, they're just flowing right on out. And that's that's the best way that I could put it. It's, it, it's and I, I don't know if I can say this way, but it's idiot proof. OK, so, I, <laughs> you yep. know, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in I a positive it. way, you know. So I, I, I think that it's it, it keeps everything flowing. So that's what we do. We just have our kitchen flowing. So that as orders are coming in, they are literally moving out. And we have an expediter. I don't know. Uh, that's that's what we do. We have an expediter that literally puts order together before it goes out. Typically, it's usually myself or my brother or my son. Not to say that somebody else isn't the expediter for that shift. But t- we make sure that every single order as it's coming in is being made, it's put together, and it's out. That's how we are. I love that. I love the idea of having an expediter. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I, I say that to people and they're like, pizza place has an expediter. I'm like, look, it's what works for us. That's all. Yeah, that's right. Look forward five years as the last question. What uh, What's in store for Harbor House of Pizza five years from now? Is it multiple locations? Is it, what, what is it? I'd like to, exp- we would like to expand. We really would. Mm-hmm. My brother and I really would. I don't like the outlook of what I'm seeing. Actually, I shouldn't say I don't like. I don't know what the outlook of this, these economic times are right now, this minute. So mm-hmm. I don't know if we're heading into a recession. I don't know if we're not. I don't know what's going on or with the housing market, with these interest rates. With I don't know. There's too much uncertainty. So mm-hmm. I'm not an economist. So I'm just going to step back. I'm going to wait and see how things unfold. But I would like to say that in the next five, within the next five years, yes, I'd like to say that we have another location. Yes. Amazing. Uh, hopefully we can help you uh, accomplish that vision. 
And uh, Manny, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Likewise, it was very it was very cool to meet you. And honestly, you have an amazing staff. Uh, you guys are great. And thank you for helping my business. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. It's a it's a win win. It's a true partnership. And hope to come and visit you in person myself. Yes. Uh, until then, uh, wishing you continued success. You guys are doing a great great job. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. You Enjoy. have a good one. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.